Welcome back, one and all, to Riverdoos and Riverdon'ts. It's the podcast where we go through, bit by bit, an episode of the television program known as Riverdale and discuss our very favorite parts, our Riverdoos, our very least favorite parts, our Riverdon'ts, and our weekly weirdness, or weekly weird. You may have noticed by now that we're really inconsistent in how we name this one segment of the show, but it's the good part. Anyway, that little uniquely Riverdalian what-the-hell that only this show could pull off with a straight face and keep going. I'm Rob. I'm Quinn. And I'm Kat. And today we're going to be discussing Chapter 29, Primary Colors, which was directed by Sherwin Shilati and written by James DeWill. Y'all ready for this? Oh, I am so ready. (laughs) As we could be. I do just want to say, just sort of as a primer for this episode for the listeners, Riverdale's back, baby. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We really have sort of finished our 40 years wandering in the filler desert and come unto the promised land in this set of three episodes that we're talking about today. I am drinking fully from this cup of Riverdale. Drinking fully of this cup of milk. (laughs) It's about damn time. This cup Uh, brimming with post-coital milk. (laughs) Yep. So... Yeah, structurally, thematically, just it's it's like it's like we said before, it feels like this season was conceived of as a 13 episode season and expanded out to 22 on short notice and we're out of the filler now, more or less. Uh is 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 the feeling that I am given overall. Yeah, I think that's so we, true. All of your yeah. your suppositions from last time have like won out. <laughs> but <laughs> very very much so. It feels um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure now that we've gotten this far, that everything we thought was true is true. Yeah, yeah, oh, pretty yeah. much. Like, it's... I, I mean, <laughs> it's not like I've I've only worked on like scripts for things that haven't been made and one movie, but I still see right through the production of this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's really really funny because we're getting to the point here again where <laughs> the the writing. <laughs> team and the production team seem to have remembered that like narrative has form and there are rules for stories that you tell (laughs) at least a little i mean it's still riverdale (laughs) yes fear you not audience (laughs) so let's kick things off with a jughead narration Jughead reveals to us that the DNA test performed previously confirms that Betty let, and I quote, a dangerous stranger into her house. And she basically goes in and completely kind of subverts this by, like, just directly confronting Chick like he's not dangerous at all. And just ranting at him and literally ending her rant with, Mom! (laughs) Okay, but That feels like such a Betty, though. Yeah, I was gonna say this is Betty That's Cooper. Fair. Yeah, she handles danger by charging it like a ram. You shouldn't be dangerous. <laughs> you shouldn't be dangerous. Chick, stop being dangerous. Uh, <laughs> I can I concede this point. You know what it is? I'm not used to Betty being so Betty because we've been in like this funhouse mirror of filler land for so long that like I'm I'm still not used to it. But yes, they they really tonally undercut 
the like oh he might fucking kill her sometime by like them just having a stupid sibling argument <laughs> it's their dynamic is very strange uh, like on a yes. scene by scene basis it flips from petty sibling arguments to pulling out Cereal a killer. blade and holding it to each other's throat yeah yeah um so that's that's what happened alice explains to betty what we already knew which is that chick is not hal's son However, interestingly, she denies that it's FP's son, which I don't buy for a no, second. No, I it's think the I most suspicious. <laughs> I think I have several times in my notes. Chick is FP's son. <laughs> Alice. Y'all, y'all, F Palace is a consummated F show. Palace. They, yeah. they broke a champagne bottle on that motherfucker. <laughs> That's just like, Alice, stop, we've been trying. Why she's not come on. a good liar. Like <laughs> she says, no. The thing that no. is definitely the truth is not. <laughs> <laughs> is not. <laughs> she handles oh, it. It's God. just so funny. Uh, yeah, she's so flustered. <sighs> she does an adorable job of acting it. They do the the direction there. I that's don't like, think he's Please cute, lie unconvincingly Baca. is great. Yes. <laughs> Alice is often often super awful, but like again, like I will I will stand metonymic for the rest of my life. Yeah. And frankly, season two has done her a lot better than season one has. No kidding. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, Hal, we cut to interviewing candidate Hermione for the Riverdale Register, and she is pitching the prison on the bones of a school thing as like such a cool good idea that everyone ought to like. Um, and Hal asks Veronica, who is in attendance, if she's going to run for student body president, because that's a very logical thing to ask, because we know by natural law <laughs> that if a parent runs for some sort of office, the child will also do it. That's just science. Yeah, Lamarckian evolution. I hate this town. It's awful. <laughs> it belongs in the garbage. It's just every so often you look Riverdale at it. Riverdale is the garbage, why? though. Why is it like this? bad and no one no one says the fuck what (laughs) it's like oh good question al oh insightful someone with cultural knowledge needs to help me out with the next thing because some fucking some fucking guy comes in (laughs) and matters andy Andy Cohen. cohen rob are you familiar with the real housewives of i've heard those words did you know that they have a post show Hosted by Bravo's very own Andy Cohen. Shit, I didn't. The lengths to which networks will go to not spend money on production never cease to astound me. Does every Real Housewives have the same... Does he do all of them? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know. That I, I so. commend I commend the man's fortitude in not taking his life. <laughs> well, <laughs> or I mean, killing them. Or killing them. Like... He is the hopefully not abusive Chris Hardwick. Now we all cross to ourselves. Bravo's <laughs> AMC. Yeah, so he hosts all of those like post discussion shows. And yeah, I, I fucking hope that he's not a hey, remember miserable when, Remember cockroach. when Marilyn Manson went on Talking Dead and was so much smarter and more articulate than Chris Hardwick that they never invited him back because he made him look like an idiot? <laughs> I didn't know that uh, happened, but it sounds very good. <sighs> Fuck Chris Hardwick. Anyway, yes. God, where were we? Right, a TV personality shows up, 
Uh, and Kevin and, is there, and he freaks out. <laughs> Kevin freaks out. Veronica practically thanks her mother for allowing her to cross-promote with another TV program. <laughs> Hermione warns that the election is going to get gross and really sour people on the lodges, and that keeping their heads down and just dealing with this celebrity endorsement and letting that speak for them is the best plan. Uh, Fred... Oh, Fred, does not love the positive spin that the register's putting on the fucking school prison. No. And Archie, teenage super idiot, is ready to explain to his adult and uniquely sane father that it may sound bad, but the school turned into a prison is actually good because the people profiting from it told him so. Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Archie. This is, I hate this. But I also love it because it is so authentic. It's such a teenager move. White male teenager. Yeah. Oh yeah. Characterization. It's it's like very that, true. That hand that complete certainty just not bluffing, playing the low hand and expecting the pot yeah. with complete confidence is so authentic. I know where this is going. You know Fred's going to run, but still all of my notes are like, Fred, run! They, yes. They got and me Fred, real seriously it, yeah. hard here. Oh, no, yeah. no. they. Yeah, I really was invested. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, candidate Fred Andrews, like, I could die. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fred's like, I'm going to fight this. And I'm like, they're doing it. Yeah, he's saying things like, a prison would rip the soul out of this town. And you're like, Fred, go! I, the, I had the same feeling basically in this scene as when we got the first indications that FP and Alice were going to be a ship. <laughs> yes, very yeah. I was like, they're, they're, they're doing the thing. They're doing the thing I wanted so much. Fred's going to run into F. Yeah. <laughs> You know, season two is really bad, but it's also really good. <laughs> it is, though. At school, uh, Jughead snarks pretty hard at Veronica about the puff piece and calls her Olivia Pope, which my friend Google tells me is a character from Scandal. So we continue our obsession with other television programs this week. Um, remember other television shows that you think are good? Isn't Riverdale good like those? (laughs) This is what postmodernism is, right, kids? (laughs) Am I doing it? You cuck. (laughs) (coughs) You killed him. God, I killed him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been sick for a month, so... Um, I mean, it is, it's on a positive trend, but it's like the most tenacious flu that I've had in my life. Mm. Betty just jumps to Veronica's defense, naively assuming that she didn't know what was going on with her parents, which, you know, got some dramatic irony and like, obviously Betty's not going to be very pleased about stuff eventually. And Archie knowingly falsely defends her. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't Archie, know anything. Ugh. Oh, Jughead gosh. announces a hunger strike in protest of the prison. A hunger strike. Oh, Jug. But that feels like this could happen in a comic. You know? Well, this is a peak Riverdale Jughead move. Yeah. This is the first time I think I've watched this show and said, this feels like something from the comics. Yeah. Like, based on my right. understanding of the comics, this feels like a Jughead move. This is and like so a Jughead well, Everyone's has- reaction is like, Jughead, you eat all the time. <laughs> you can't. 
You can't have a go on a hunger strike. <laughs> You'll die in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like it. It feel. <laughs> what will you tell all your tapeworms, Jug? <laughs> like I, I, I feel it's like. So silly. I feel like this has extra resonance with the comics for sure. Yeah, it's cute. Like e- even 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 ignorant Rob knows this. Yeah. Um, it's cute that they put in like, this comics thing for us. Well, and what a fucking upgrade from like co-opting native traumas yeah. for like his own political like edgy axe to grind stuff to just like oh I'm gonna do something to like really protest an actually bad thing in a way that doesn't hurt people and it's just about me now like saying that I don't think this is right. Oh it's, yeah, Jughead's like I, and it's on like, the upswing. Jughead is so improved. It's a, a cute teen thing that's related tangentially to his comic stuff. This is much better. Much feels, better, Riverdale. It feels <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, James DeWill, for cleaning up this mess. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we at the milkshake? Yeah. Yes. Oh my Ethel god. Ethel uses some fucking court language, some courtroom drama language, uh, and milkshake bombs Veronica. I think you're mistaken, Rob. I feel like okay. her speech was ripped almost line for line from another CW show by the name of Arrow. <laughs> Veronica, yes. you have failed Veronica this Lodge, city. You have failed this city. My favorite thing about this this milkshake pouring is that she telegraphs How can you the choose? shit out of her pouring, and still. Everyone gasps like it's the most surprising thing. Right, like this wasn't going to end. <laughs> yeah, Veronica like, made a very poor gonna... initiative roll. <laughs> she's not going to end this confrontation and then take a long, cool, confident <laughs> sip of her milkshake from Pop's Everyone's chocolate shop. Everyone's very surprised by this. Yeah, and I need to, I need to point out that the soundtrack takes this moment very seriously. The score sounds like they're revealing that Black Hood isn't dead. There's some real good soundtrack <laughs> stuff going on in a lot of these episodes. We're supposed to and think I, this is a big deal. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, if you're a it, high schooler and if this were a regular show, this would be a big deal. But the shit that they deal with, you're right, but Much worse delightful. things have happened. We cut to Veronica cleaning up and Betty expositing that Ethel brought the shake all the way from Pops, which literally in the wake of the milkshaking, I was like, did she, fu- there's no milkshakes at Riverdale well, High School. I, did she fucking bring that from Pops? And they say, yeah, she did. And I was having similar thoughts because it also had the Pops logo on it. And see, I didn't catch that because I am a fool. And it's really, really weird when Riverdale seems to like acknowledge viewer psychology like that. Yeah. Because most of the time, they don't care. No, they'll let you no question yourself given. until you turn into bones. <laughs> <laughs> Just a skeleton oh, with so many so, questions. That's, that's so true. And like, it's just the image in my head of Ethel carrying this milkshake across the town like the fucking Olympic torch. You got and the whipped cream on top of it stayed stable like it stayed steady she did not there was no deterioration between here and there nice veronica explains that it's important to stay calm and collected and not make a scene in these uncertain times so of course the next scene we get is reggie ambushing veronica with some sexual harassment that is so brazen that it is basically about as impressive as it the is gross. it's just so 
antagonistic in this scene. Yeah. And and he seamlessly switches from sexual harassment to like just really trying to make her mad by like shitting on her dad. And I don't know what he thought he was going to get out of this, but what he does get out of it is great. I have a theory about one of Reggie's kinks because of this scene, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) He wants Veronica Lodge to step on him. Yeah. I mean, Reggie, I don't know. Reggie as a heel is just a fascinating dude. They do some interesting stuff with Reggie. Yeah, and, like, Reggie's supposed to think Reggie's number one. That's what he's supposed to be. And he's supposed to come across as an asshole because of that. But, like, the things that Riverdale decides to do with this, you know, is just, oh like... Oh, my God. They go in many directions. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So, you know, of course, he's insulting her dad, and we do the thing where we fade the audio out, we see the clenching fist, and Veronica punches him in the she face him. with, like... With a camera-assisted suddenness of editing that makes her look like she's a fucking deadite. Oh, I mean, it looks like she knocked him the fuck out. It's good. But it's that it's that super fast jumpy motion, that jerky motion that it just nothing. It was like, I've seen this punch in the face a hundred times on Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they have this sound of like a baseball bat being swung into a partially thawed frozen oh, turkey. It sounds like she shattered his zygomatic arch. <laughs> uh yeah, they went for it. They went for it real good and I have like all of the victory marks in my notes so that It was it was amazing. It was good to see. It she she really cold clocked Reggie and then like we're it's clearly meant to be like a oh no, but I felt nothing but good from my my. Point oh of view. no! I felt vindicated. Yeah, she is standing a monster at this point, but it's her dad, and it's very complicated. And Reggie needed someone to punch him in the face. <laughs> well, and it's like, regardless of standing Hiram, just like those disgusting sexual comments. Oh yeah, fuck you, Reggie. Yeah, like I said, because richly I mean, deserved punch in the face, and it's a lot more understandable than Archie standing Hiram. Who he knows is a murderer. Oh my god. We'll get to it. Blood rituals. God. Anyway. Um, Fuck. At Thistle House that night, Cheryl wakes to some horror movie production cliches and realizes that someone's trying to get into her room. She sensibly blocks the door and is, of course, dismissed by her horrible mother over breakfast. Yeah. Uh, they're oh. continuing to do just a great job. Of making me hate Penelope Blossom. She's like a bad parenting vampire that slowly draws the bad parenting out of the other Riverdale parents. She has assumed all of Alice's bad parenting power. And much of Mayor McCoy's. I guess not all of Alice's because she... No, I mean, not all, but She's still still a bad parent. She's She's not affecting the Lodge as much, but I feel like she is slowly exerting this black hole-like gravity well of shitty parenting. I will say that I don't like watching Cheryl be scared. It makes me really sad. That's something I think that's going to come up next episode Wait until the end of an episode after the episode after this. We'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Stick with us, listeners. It gets better. And by it gets better, I mean it gets best. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... Penelope talks to Claudius just openly about taking over Nana Rose's stewardship of the syrup business. Just just fucking right in front of her. And she says, I'm not dead yet, you vultures. And 
the reply to that is, here, mother, have some special tea that is poison. <laughs> yes. Shh, drink your poison. Ugh. And Cheryl just stares at the teapot in horror, and she's all of us. Because, um, like, this is very obvious. It's very sad and ter- terrible. Poor Cheryl and poor Nana. Let's just add some elder abuse into this gumbo. Also, this scene sets the tone for the return to the high melodrama that is the parallel world that the Blossom family occupies. You know, yes, the the surreal, the surreal AU that Blossom focused stuff like takes place in in this show. They they had been kind of a part of everybody else's lives, but no, we're but no, they have entered their own. Like every time a shot would shift to Claudius. I know that it wasn't there, but I I could swear to God he was wearing an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, right. And like you you expect them to release the hounds again. Like you, they look out the window and it's not Riverdale; it's the fucking Moors of England. Yeah. You expect like, lightning to strike and an organ to start playing. Yeah, it's like, a different genre. Even though it's the and, same genre, it's it's increased. Yes, and I yeah, love they, it. Like, they've got... they've turned they've turned that blossom magic back up, and I'm here for it. Right, you get little hints of it, like Cheryl's archery clothes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they're back, and it's so good. Fuck, I love the blossoms. You're they're right, very but, like, good. As much as I'm like, oh God, fuck these people. No, no. <laughs> It's so good. Stylistically, it's just, it's fun to see them break the dial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hiram and Hermione scold Veronica, who suggests that perhaps Ethel's dad, who had his life ruined by them, should have been given a job or something at some point to avoid this kind of thing. And they get super paternalistic with her, and I got real mad. And Hiram, I just need to point out, Hiram says, keep your head in the sand instead of keep your head down, those phrases don't mean the same thing. No, they don't. No. And he meant keep your head down because that's the actual advice that they were giving her about not rocking the boat. But keep your head in the sand is the literal opposite of what they want her to do because they have actively brought her into their illicit dealings. Yes. So as much as I thanked James DeWill, if this wasn't a studio note, shame on you, James DeWill, this was a bad line. But bad in, like, a confusing way, not bad in, like, a fun Riverdale way. (laughs) Yeah. Veronica announces to the gang that she's going to run for student council president, which is her version of keeping her head down, because she wants to rebel. Jughead is understandably grumpy about this. Uh, Archie blames the hunger strike, and Betty and Veronica end up running mates, which is going to be fine, you guys, I promise. Yes. No problems there. Nope. In a bizarre turn tony does a hip-hop dance audition for the river vixens because she really seems like a cheerleader kind of a person uh and is anyone else weirded out by that but she's on the squad now oh no i'm Uh, all yeah they just i think wanted a way to enmesh tony in some of these plots also she is growing a lot closer to cheryl yeah i just figured it had to do with cheryl yeah yeah, I just, if it's just because this is something that you want to do for, like, your girlfriend, I guess it's just shocking how confident and, like, good at it she is. Yeah, like, she is. And enthusiastic about she's it. Like, like, there doesn't seem really to be any awkwardness it. about no. it. This is clearly something that she did as her own hobby before. Which, uh, you're right, doesn't make a lick like, of goddamn sense. But hey, it's choreographed, just like everything else with, uh, yeah, it's Riverdale. It's fine. 
Riverdale is much like Chinatown in that you just don't worry about it. I will posit to you this theory. She developed those skills in an attempt to subvert doing the serpent dance. (laughs) She expressed a lot of distaste for the ritual, talked about not wanting to do it herself. So I'll, I'll just put that out there. I'll take giving the Riverdale writer's room too much credit for 500, Alex. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'm filling in blank spaces, Rob. They don't know what hearses are. I'm still so That's mad that so I've not sad. seen one souped up hearse. No, I'm, I'm, I, like, the lack of Dragula is something that I will never forgive. Why did they do that to us? Oh, I don't know. So turns out that they're gonna do a veronica betty tony cheryl josie slumber party mandatory slum- sleepover at this little house I, I i wondered for a moment if these people are all friends at this point but i remembered how offended cheryl was at not being invited to lodge lodge and like what cheryl thinks and wants is what's important so like yes. it makes sense that if there's any awkwardness with this she would bulldoze through it mm-hmm. and in our next reference to other media, she drops a reference to the, the film The Beguiled regarding fancy dressing gowns. So I was going to be disappointed if I didn't see full Civil War period costuming. <laughs> because like Riverdale, words mean things. And when you reference things, you are referencing them. No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, no, you're right. I don't know what I'm yeah, talking about. That doesn't. <laughs> no. HP Lovecraft can just be thrown around and mean whatever we want it to. And Last House Ugh. on the Left. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. <laughs> so I think Riverdale's relationship to references are maybe different than yours, Rob. It's, it's very, we're playing it's very by casuals. Fred tells Hermione that he wants out of his association with Lodge Industries at this point. She hints that lawyers are going to become involved. And it basically seems in this scene like Fred knows he's going to be financially destroyed. And still only cares about what's right. And have I mentioned that I love He's Fred a good, Andrews? He's a good man. He's very good. He's good. And it's extra special in this show. <laughs> Full of assholes. It's so rare that anyone's okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Hiram asks Archie about this hunger strike situation and editorializes that Jughead lives in a fantasy world of ideals and theoreticals. Almost as though he were some sort of... of teenager and i love archie's response to this which is quote jughead loves a political crusade almost as much as he does a burger (laughs) that's probably the most riverdale line ever written right it's not good it's good i mean like it's riverdale it is the the trash yeah here it is exquisite garbage piquant Hiram announces that he's going to expedite the demolition. (laughs) Yep. And Archie's got to deliver the bad news himself. And he does. He does. Jughead complains that the neighborhood was the last piece of his childhood innocence that hasn't been wrecked, while Archie argues that a crime took place at Pop's Diner one time, so it's best to turn a school into a prison. (laughs) And so I feel like this scene is amazing in that both of their flaws... Are on full display. There are two asses being shown in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Because Jughead is like being ridiculously self centered and idealistic, and Archie is being a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Archie. Archie. 
And Jughead suggests that basically rhapsodizes about how it feels to be in a situation with your best friend where you are like trains (laughs) that are on the same track and are going to collide. (laughs) Which, as Quinn sort of maybe referenced earlier, is a rare (laughs) non-snake metaphor from Jughead, which shows some kind of character (laughs) growth, I guess. I will say, though, that there's, like, definitely sort of a a chain of progression in as much as snakes and trains still have the same (laughs) same basic shape. shape. He's working on it. He's growing. The brain damage is healing over time. Snakes on a train. But, huh. Cheryl announces to the party guests that the party is actually just a cover for her not to be alone in her horror movie situation. Oh, hold on, hold on. First, we have oh. all the girls yep. in a line brushing their hair. Yes. Was anyone uncomfortable about Josie being at the end yes, of the line because no one knows how to deal with her hair? Yep. Like, for a moment, I was like, oh, that's a little, like, I don't know about Josie. Is this an activity you do when you have a black friend there? Like, uh, like I was a little bit, like, it, momentarily uncomfortable It was a thing that. to notice, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Riverdale. You try, I guess, but yeah. No, I'm glad it wasn't just me. I, like, I was just a little bit like, oh, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but yeah, sitting in a line, rhythmically brushing each other's hair, you know, like a standard sleepover activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then- Also, mm-hmm. the lighting in this scene <laughs> is incredible. It's really like dark and candlelit. It's this right? really like rich red with it's... these neon blue highlights. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's maroon set deck with blue lighting, with like blue raspberry lighting. It's out of control. Why is it like, like the... this? I mean, c- well, because they're in the Blossom verse. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So that's that's what happens. Cheryl announces to the party guests that the party is just a cover for her to not be alone. And everyone thinks that's really weird, except for Betty, who like completely understands this feeling because of Chick, oh, which oh, I like that acknowledgement this, of that. This like, oh yeah, sequence. no, this, I know. Oh, I know. Big mood, right? Yeah, like big horror mood. movie situation I, I, in your own home. I love the, uh, TFW, wait, is this your home real? Is hell. Or are we playing a game all too real TT? And then the like, I, <laughs> I sympathize. Thanks, cousin. Like, what the it's fantastic i I love them so much (laughs) oh god Uh... it's so fantastic um later that night cheryl admits to tony that she would have preferred to just invite her but her horrible mother would never have allowed it and we get like the i mean i know it's not but like by this time it feels like the eight thousandth almost kiss between these two characters yeah uh, but they are interrupted by a hideous crash downstairs also they are going to bed with full makeup on yep yeah and i feel like you said that like that's a thing that is worthy of like <laughs> note in this show there and it- Okay. Has anyone gone to bed without full makeup, including men in this show ever? I suppose ever? that's true. Fred? It's just like... FP? Okay, but... No, but like... Maybe Pops. People go to bed with like makeup on that you'd have on a television show because you have makeup on, right? Because... Okay. No, you're right. But, no, but like this... And again, this I say Blossom verse. Yeah, but th- this this was a full mascara this was and like my first justification was maybe it's because this is 
Tony and Cheryl and they're in the bed and they're going to make out. But then the other girls have it too. And it's like, no, everyone just didn't take their makeup off. And that's yep. not what you do. No, this is this is another Blossom verse okay, thing. That's fine. Everyone can just perpetually have perfect faces of makeup at the Blossom verse. Yeah. And of course, just I feel like in this exchange between Cheryl and Tony, the somehow already overbearing lighting of the scene like cranks <laughs> up three more notches. Yeah. It's it's out of control. Turns out Nana Rose has air quotes fallen down the stairs. Uh-oh. She survives, but Cheryl is convinced of foul play. And when she's trying to explain this to people, why she opens with, he's wearing my father's pajamas, is anybody's guess. <laughs> I, I, I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> the he tried to hurt my grandma. Doing with her is so he's wearing good. my he's wearing my dad's pajamas. But the insights that he's wearing dad's pajamas and that they're trying to kill Nana Rose are framed as logically yes, related by are, the show. Yes, it's same. So we just have to go with it's it. The same. It's yep. just so. F- oh God. That too is an act of violence. Wearing my father's pajamas common euphemism for trying to murder my grandmother <sighs> you know you know the old saying goes if your uncle wears your dad's pajamas <laughs> best be aware for your poor nanas <laughs> in <laughs> no trash garbage for you <laughs> You go in the bin, Quinn. <laughs> I'm a big Christ. person. <sighs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Archie's mom shows up out of nowhere to help Fred with the legal battle that he's facing. And she criticizes how much leverage and how much leeway he has given to Hiram. And Archie's all like, Hiram will keep his word. And when Fred t- points out that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, he gets really, really shitty with his dad. And I'm like, God damn it, Archie. Can I, you just stop? Like, so much of me with Archie right now is just like, I don't understand how much of, like, how Hiram has come to have so much of a hold over everything about you. Remember when he was trying to sexually intimidate you through <laughs> wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. I, and like, that feels. I, like a hundred years ago and i'm so mad at him in this in this section of this season and like lest we forget it is difficult for me to get or stay mad at a character played by kj appa Mm -hmm. but i am i'm pissed off i don't like him what i also don't get is that like at this point archie knows how bad hiram is in every way like he knows. No, Archie's Archie's a good little fascist. Like he enjoys this idea of power and exerting power it, and might makes right. Like he's taken like to it like a fish to water. It really mm-hmm. feels like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Because like normally you'd think that he'd be like, Okay, I get this and I'm doing this, but let's let's not have to pull my dad into any of that. Right? Like that feels like the real Archie where he should be living, but like what the f- what the fuck? Yeah, like in the gritty version of Archie, where he is pulled into this mess because he loves Veronica, he would still want to keep his dad out of it. But he's like, fuck you, dad. I'm a gangster now. Yeah. It's bananas. 
Yeah, that's like, you'd think that he'd have some understanding that like, oh, I'm not really doing the right thing, but I'm going to do it. But uh, no, no, he's no. just a trash boy. It's miserable. He is bad. He is somehow worse than Jughead. And that's just, let's just let that sink in for a minute. <clears throat> Though, I mean, we're arcing Jughead out of being a complete yeah. shit goblin. Yeah, he just feels like a teenager work. right now. Finally. I'm so tired. This next yes. scene makes me tired. Uh, Veronica has a booth where she's giving cupcakes and kisses oh, to people as God. some sort of campaign stunt. Yeah. And like, bad? Yeah. Bad. And like, Ethel comes up and does that thing that sometimes happens in scripts where there's something bad or stupid and a character lampshades it, but like, there isn't sufficient point of view irony. So it's really you're just drawing attention to the fact that there's something bad that was not good. Yep. Instead of like making it into a joke or an observation. Yep. You're just like, look at this stupid thing we did. Yep. So Ethel criticized her for sexualizing the election. And uh, Veronica says, oh, I'm working on a job offer for your dad. And Ethel sort of cryptically smiles at her. I hated this. Not good. Yep. Please don't do this for horrible as Archie has become. So too has Veronica. It's a different terrible, but they're just not, they're not at a good point no. right now, either of them. Bo- both in aiding and abetting Hiram and Hermione and their horrible stuff. And also just like interpersonally, they've become kind of trash. Well, yeah. I remember <laughs> when our good friend Sorkin Pool was one of my favorite yeah. characters on the show. <laughs> And, and and now it's more like, yeah, I'm glad that you punched Reggie. Do you have any leftover for yourself? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like feeling I don't, that I don't way. have anything good to say about this at all. I, like, I liked when I liked both these characters. Remember that? Remember season one, you guys? <laughs> right. Like, I really want to like Veronica. Yeah, it feels weird to not like Veronica. It's yeah. not good. I guess I feel the same way when I don't like Jug, because I'm so used to, they're my favorite characters in Archie. And right. it feels bad to not like them, but like they're... both of them showed up in season one as dare I say, catnip. Yeah, for, for real. Well, but like they're my favorite characters in the comics, and they always have been. And then they did a great job in season one, being like, I was like, hey, if you're gonna not do the comic shit, this is great. I love this. I well, love yes. how you're doing. This. Right. It was a good. It was a good teen trash grimed up neon version. Yeah, I of, was of those things. Very sold on both of their characters. And like they've arced both of them so far into the garbage. So far. But you should be probably pretty ecstatic, Kat, about like the trajectory we're on with Jughead yes. now. Yes, I am. Um so <sighs> you know, it's <sighs> yeah. everyone has to hold the garbage ball for a while and right You're now, so right. Yeah. You're oh. so right, except for Fred. See, I was gonna and, and FP. Yeah, Fred I was and gonna FP extend are this. So far exempt. Don't get to exempt don't have to so far. They, Many episodes of not being shitty. They are exempt. <laughs> I was going to say instead of a garbage ball, it's more like a garbage pit. And much in the same way that <laughs> Jughead <laughs> has perhaps developed the ability to extrapolate to other serpentine things. He's coming up for air, perhaps like a Dianoga or something. Sure. Yes. People get oh, pulled into gross. the garbage pit. Yeah. Yep. It's just this but big, that's what happened. nasty, stinking cesspit. Yeah. Speaking of Jughead, he pitches some sort of really dramatically phrased uprising to the serpents. We don't know what the plan is yet in this scene, but he's talking about it like it's like Pickett's charge. Guys, I feel like they don't play D&D at their club. And it Thank makes me you. very upset. 
Yeah. It makes me very upset. They, it hurts me personally. They set this up and they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And they are cowards. They are cowards because all I know about any sort of tabletop mechanics that have been introduced in this is that if you roll a six, you can take control of the kingdom of Theodore. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I just I just want anything. Just any indication. I want the fucking scene, the cold open for an episode with no explanation of the serpent's actors in medieval garb doing the D&D campaign and Jughead narrating and then them cutting out to their club room playing D&D. Like, spoiler alert. That is what you fucking promised me. (laughs) Spoiler alert. They did a musical episode. So. Can you give us the D&D episode? Give us the because D&D episode. Because I would eat that shit up. You can't just say that they play Dungeons and Dragons and not do it. You can't tell me that Sweet Pea isn't playing a half-orc. It is, the, the word is cowards. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Just being flooded with it. emotions. <laughs> Archie and his mother are eating at Pops, and... Mary rightly worries that he is siding with the Lodges over his own uniquely good father for no reason. <laughs> yep. I love Archie. how she... He's like, so Archie, why are you such a damn weirdo? <laughs> I'm like, Molly Ringwald! She does Archie, a very good job son? of calling him out. Thank, why thank do you, you Molly suck? Ringwald. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get to this. We'll get to this. Ah. <sighs> Betty comes home to hear some lovey-dovey sounding chatter from the kitchen from voices that the astute observer will recognize as Kevin and Chick. And And let me tell you, viewers, they got those big stonking jugs of milk out. (laughs) It's true. It is true. So we've talked about the postcoital milk. We got the bathrobe. We got the milk. Literally, there's an ADR line when when we're looking at Betty instead of seeing into the kitchen that like involves the phrase, "That's good milk." Which <laughs> I'm not sure which of them says that, but one of them says that, like, and I fucking died. That's and not they're a like, thing that people say about milk. I've never heard anyone say that about milk. Attention, Riverdale viewers. This is a visual metaphor for cum. Oh, my God. Oh, it's not too precise. Nothing like two boys drinking that white liquid. That's that's what happened. Why? Why do they think this is good? (laughs) (laughs) I hate everything about it. So it turns out Kevin has spilled the beans on the whole catfishing scheme, and, like, him and Chick are just cool now. Which, and, is fucked up and illegal? (laughs) <laughs> and it turns out that, like, Chick makes the horrible mistake of calling Betty's inner darkness into question. <laughs> and we get the line, and I quote, You know nothing about my darkness, but you will. <laughs> I'm freaking out, guys. <laughs> River Hill's back. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So oh. Betty is also come once again into the light. She's crawled out of the pit. Yep. I mean Dying like it's squirtle. It's not like she was great. But but she was her. Yes. 
Veronica wants Josie's endorsement in this student body election, and Veronica offers a guest spot on that one celebrity cardboard cutout man's TV program uh, in exchange for that. And she's like, okay, cool. She's like way too excited to be on this guy's program. Well, I mean, that's part of the contract that CW made with this guy's show yeah. is that it needed to be depicted as an enormously big deal in Riverdale. Teens need obviously. to love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, Ke- Kevin developed a heart murmur. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and Mary. Cohen? <laughs> Mary criticizes the proposed terms of Fred's release from the contract with Lodge Industries, and the Lodges seem just delightfully flustered to be across the negotiation table from, like, an actual human adult lawyer who, like, just knows how things work. Oh, They're like, oh, fuck. fuck. You have a degree? You're not even named after food. What are we going to (laughs) do? It's so cute. She is too strong an opponent for them. That's a really I love the idea that, like, she has left Riverdale and, like, the oppressive psychic field of complete ineptitude has no sway over her. And, like, when there's an actual human that they have to contend with, they're like, shit, what do we do? Oh, my I probably God, can't tell out. her that the I probably can't even tell her that the Swiss banks are closing <laughs> to get out of an awkward situation. Uh, well, I guess she knew them in high school, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. So yeah. she's completely immune to their bullshit. Uh, yep. She, oh my god, it's so good. It's she did really this to cute. Alice before, yeah. and she's doing it to them now, and I love and it. Her having an anti-bullshit field superpower is is good. It's such a it's useful a really superpower in Riverdale. Pow- superpower, yeah. Um, it. It's a high-tier power in this universe, for sure. Hiram gets a call and sends Archie to take care of something presumably Jughead-related. Oh boy. The way that Archie enters this scene, (laughs) he does like a nine foot skid across the parking lot and touches perfectly to the corner in some sort of like intimidation ploy, I guess. Indeed. So the serpents have chained themselves to the Southside school and Archie confronts them and we learn that it's two days before the demolition at this point, which am I... Am I the only one who's worrying about the toilet situation? <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't, uh, oh, but I'm now sorry. I am. I'm sorry, but I am worried about the, gu- <laughs> the toilet situation. But because they're going to knock out a portion of the building, and 50 guns are going to fall out onto the street. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to start firing. Oh, no. oh God. In a return to form, Betty wakes up Chick with some threatening with a Zippo lighter. Fuck! God damn I catch it. Inf- bad men. God and informs him how she catches bad men and how Clifford, Sugar Man, and Black Hood are now all rotting in the ground. Betty. This is Betty. <laughs> I will stick you like a fucking farm animal, chick. You think you're the only one who can scare people by being crazy. Just saying, Betty. It's so self-aware, and and, but it's so true. Zippo. A Zippo. Uh, oh, yep. I'm just going to do some cool lighter tricks. 
Yep, it's amazing. Here, want to see me do a fireball? <laughs> <laughs> how, how about for my next trick, I murder my brother? Yep, it's very good. Betty visits Jughead, and we see that the adult serpents are standing guard over the teens, and FP once again proves that he's one of the good parents. <laughs> like, he's there ready to, like, fucking murder anyone who messes with his son. Uh, <sighs> he's I so good. I a legend. Fucking love him. Josie endorses Veronica with a call for women's equality, which, again, with the kiss thing, just cupcakes and a kiss. The campaign of women's equality. This is like a this is like a mainstream Democrat campaign here. (laughs) Um, Uh, The the song they played was just like so much. It was. Yes, it was a song about women's rights that they perform whose lyrics are like a less lyrically inventive schoolhouse rock song. It's so embarrassing. It's like what? Who wrote this song about women's suffrage? And, like, why didn't they use a better one? (laughs) Was this a public domain song? It sounds like it might have been. (laughs) Yeah. They just crawled free music archive for anything with the tag women's suffrage. I mean, God, this this fucking song feels like a 4chan op to me. Yeah, it's not. Like, someone who doesn't want women's rights wrote this song. (sighs) But a defamatory flyer about Veronica saying a bunch of unfortunate true things about her gets passed around and Ethel informs Veronica that the job offer is too little too late and Josie it seems is her source for this info and some of these lodge chickens are coming home to roost. Betty confronts Veronica about all the lies and drops from her running mate position as we knew she was going to eventually. Mm -hmm. Hermione disapproves of Veronica running in the first place and Veronica is torn up about all the disdain she's getting due to what her parents do and her maybe if i were student body president they'd like me anyway is weirdly naive for veronica yeah that doesn't seem (laughs) if i try to be a huge hypocrite hard enough maybe they'll all be my friends i don't this is it falls back into the sometimes it really feels like they don't know what to do with her yep yep uh but i did like the dramatics behind we're out there fighting a holy war mom i need something i can use as a shield that was a line. That was a line. Yeah. But yeah, like there's just a lot of like her characterization initially as like a black hearted socialite who's on the path to reform. Yeah. Does Well, not to mention episode one of season one, Veronica is far too smart to think that this would ever work. Yes. Yeah. It feels like, I don't know, the character that they introduced is somebody who belongs in a school drama that has some political inklings. And I guess we're not, we don't have that show. No, no we're God. doing a political drama with school inklings right now. And and it's weird. Yeah. And like, and, it's and just we're not like, good at the political parts. So. No, it so, is. I mean. A vehicle not, through which much. the weird underlying multi-tiered crime drama is being played out. Which yeah. again. After season one, I wasn't expecting the narrative of season two to be an overwrought crime drama. No one expected a goddamn thing about season two. That's to be fair. Yeah. There's. Remember when we thought season one was crazy? I. Again, we were innocent and foolish. It's true. It's so true. Alice confronts Betty with the whole threatening her brother with a lighter thing and with the cabaret wig, which Chick says he found while looking for the lighter as proof because no human can, as we know, produce a lighter that wasn't used to threaten them in the dead of night. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Perfectly reasonable. Yep. And uh, he suggests... Go ahead. 
I was yeah, I was just gonna say there's an exchange here with the cabaret wig where Alice says, Why in God's name do you have this cabaret wig? And then Chick takes less than half a second to jump in with his response. She wears it when she gets like the jughead. Combo breaker. And Alice just takes that for gospel truth. And Betty's like, how would you know? <laughs> what the well, fuck? That's such a yeah, sibling but, but, move. Yeah. How would you fucking know that? And he says, oh, I'm guessing. And like, Alice is more disturbed by the process of bughead boning than like, all this stuff with Chick, all these red flags. Alice has the gone literal into literal murder. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's clearly in in personal trauma. Heck, the her her. Yes. I, I have no. I have not had sex with FP games. So <laughs> yes, weak. I have not borne a son. <laughs> I'm sorry, of FP like, Jones. The the way that Alice Cooper talks about. FP is like the most sundere thing I've ever seen in an American drama. She's (laughs) like funny. Yeah, I feel like she's. I feel like she's. I think she's fine with this like loveless, sexless marriage with Hal because no one has been able to satisfy her after (laughs) FP's magic wiener. Uh, Yeah, it's very much like she doesn't think about him. That's almost text. That's almost text. Uh, yeah. So that's what's happening during this scene. She's she's realizing that 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 Betty has a similar relationship. <laughs> yep. With his son. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so funny. Oh FB God. offers Jughead some burgers and says he won't tell anyone. He's like, "Come on, it's just us." Because like the other kids are taking a break because it's like the middle of the night and nobody's watching them, so they've unchained themselves. But Jughead will not do that. Because he has principles. FP reveals that he was offered a penthouse at the top of the Sodil development in exchange for, like, not messing with this shit anymore with Hiram. And again, I just have to rhapsodize about when you put these two actors on screen together, the show is weirdly better than it is otherwise. They, like, even as Jughead, like, takes this and he's like, yeah, imagine us up in that penthouse apartment and I'm out there on the balcony looking out at the city below me and what do I see but a prison there used to be a school a school prison or a prison school <laughs> it's still and yet, way better than anything else there is there is instant gravitas when these two humans are in the same shot period it's crazy and he's like what did you say And FP's like, nothing. I hung up on his ass and went to Pops to get some burgers. Have I mentioned he's the best? I fucking love FP Jones. He's God damn it. He's amazing. He's really cool. Like, I love the idea that like he's struggled his whole life and Hiram offers him like the keys to the kingdom and he just tells him to fuck himself and goes and buys dinner. Sorry, Hiram, the Swiss banks are closing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. So Mary Andrews is sad to have not seen much of Jughead during her visit, mm-hmm. and 
Archie criticizes Jughead's protests, claiming that he's not fighting for anything, just against Hiram, and like directly, like this, this like Hitler Youth thing they're doing with Archie is legitimately uncomfortable and scary to me at times. Like the way that mm-hmm. he parrots Hiram's "seeing what needs to be done and doing it" line, sort of exactly like it shows so clearly how little thought Archie puts into just being manipulated by someone who is a strong man. Yep. Like, and, it's very, it's very creepy. And just like, God damn it, Jughead, like, for once in his goddamn life, he's got a platform. <laughs> like, he's got a thing yeah. that he's doing. Yeah. Like, and like, he just, oh, it's nothing. Fake news. Ugh. Archie is a garbage man. Archie, but like, I need to point out that Mary responds to this by reaching down Archie's throat, pulling out his soul, <laughs> and working it like a heavy bag. Oh, yeah. She... I love this. I love this so much. It's very good to see her, like, not take her son's crap and lay out all of the component pieces of it. Archie has needed to be called out on his shit and have his comeuppance for a very long time. And, oh man, this is a home run. Yeah. She immolates him. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Again, it's the she hasn't been breathing whatever awful fumes are in the air in Riverdale. And she's like, no, I can see what's going on. And you are full of shit. Yeah. Let me let me teach you a lesson. Finally, Alice asks Betty if she and Jughead are safe. So at least she's sort of moved on past the like completely freaking out nonverbalness of the previous scene uh, because she admits she wasn't always at her age. And everything about this scene just radiates that F.P. Jones is is Chick's dad. She's oh, like, yeah. everything. I know the way it is with the Jones boys. With their... She admits that they've boned, but weirdly and vehemently denies that F.P. is Chick's dad. Yeah. For no reason! Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's very strange. Alice, why? Look, I wasn't always safe when I was younger. I certainly wasn't safe with F.P. and he's beautiful face and sculpted abs but he's not chick's dad (laughs) alice why are you like this yep no it was it was bizarre weirdo she reveals that she knows more about how fucked up chick is than she's been letting on around him which here's the thing i don't buy it for a second in the context of earlier episodes of the show this feels like a deliberate retcon of like alice's take on this because there was no indication that she was like, I know he's fucked oh, up, God. but I feel guilty. Like around the babies, no, you know, because oh, yeah. I don't right. think oh, she yeah. like ever like. Know. So this this is this is this is a very blatant retcon. However, I like this arc for Alice's character much better than just being a moron. Sure. So like, I'm willing to take it. It was just incredibly inelegant. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's a better it's a better story for Alice. Yes. So you know, you take the good with the bad. It's goddamn Riverdale. Yeah. So Cheryl is at Nana Rose's bedside in the hospital, reading the turn of the screw. Oh, poor Cheryl. Poor, poor Nana Rose. Every time there's a book on screen in this show, it's great, though. Oh, yeah. She's reading the turn of the screw. It's perfect. Why don't they just do that? That's better than saying books. <laughs> just have books around. I mean, they do both. They do both. Yeah. This is just but, like In Cold Blood yeah. by Truman Capote. <laughs> yeah, stop doing that. They do both. But they also have, you know, they also just have Kevin reading Damnation Game, mm-hmm. which is like a good tonal horror thing and also a super awesome gay guy thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, so like, 
like the corpus of knowledge that they have around horror on the writing staff is they, very clear. They often just use their powers for evil. <laughs> but or to no discernible end. Yes. She checks with a doctor who verifies that it was indeed tannis root poisoning. But don't worry, kid, it's totally okay, because she goes out and chews Tannis root while wandering around she sundowning. She just goes out like a rabbit and has some nibbles. Thank you, Dr. Masters, the Apparently, sexy doctor. Apparently APS just doesn't exist in Riverdale. APS is not a thing in Riverdale. Apparently not. Because there's no, like, the red flags. The fucking red flags. Oh, I mean. But anyway. I think by all accounts, there's reasonable suspicion. Well, even if it was completely accidental, how on earth are they taking such bad care of her that she can wander out into a greenhouse and eat poison? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, again, Adult Protective Services, not part of the Riverdale canon. Penelope whisks Cheryl away quite forcefully and lends some more credence to this whole it's a murder plot thing. Betty pitches a truce to Chick because she feels sorry for her mom. And Chick's like, why should I trust you? And she threatens him with the dead shady man and so situation. This scene is so weird because it really sort of directly confronts that tension we were talking about earlier where they seem to flip-flop on a scene-by-scene basis between, like, sibling stuff and, like, weird, intense stuff. And, like, no Betty kidding. leads off on the sibling thing and then Chick's immediately like, oh, no, this is a fucking crazy scene. <laughs> <laughs> and like he points out that all the evidence points to her yeah this 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 arc between these two characters is a tonal sine wave it's bananas i love this scene yeah it's it's good in and, in how it is bad it is bad in a good way yeah it's very riverdale um and yeah it, it i mean involves chick pointing out that all of the evidence points to her and then Basically saying, you're scaring me, Betty, over and over. <laughs> yes, yes. And like and getting that creepy back of the car Willem Dafoe smile. Yes, going. it was like, it was very good. As as bonkers as it was, it was very good. Cheryl accuses Penelope regarding Nana Rose. And Penelope foreshadowily says that Cheryl's lost her mind, but they're going to make her all better. And like... I instantly was like, oh, God, are they doing a conversion therapy thing? I, mine was... Put a pin in yep. it. Jesus but, like, I was instantly Christ. terrified of yeah, that. Yeah, my notes are, Jesus fucking Christ, are they sending her to some pray the gay away type of school? The worst. Penelope is the worst. Yep. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, I bet this is going to be conversion therapy. Because <sighs> that's just something about that scene. It was just like, that's, oh. that's where her head... That's where Penelope's head is at, and I'm very, very worried. Yep. Scary, scary, scary. Hiram wants the fucking wrestling team to oust the serpent protest to avoid bad press for himself and throws this blood oath ritual in Archie's face when he tries to refuse. I There's a lot in the way that he offers it to Archie and Archie's like, couldn't you do it? And Hiram's response is, no, Archie, you don't understand. It must be teen boys. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Uh... And... Archie grows a tiny bit of a spine wanting Fred let out of the contract in return. Uh, but that's kind of tabled. And we cut to the wrestling team in full uniform doing this thing. FP gets in Archie's face and he's like, don't think for a second that I won't punch out a teenager. Yep. <laughs> he fucking means it, you guys. He's, 
He's good, actually, though. Yes, he's very, very good. But Jughead doesn't want him in trouble. You think I'm rightly pointing out that like everybody has a bias against FP, and like if he fucking did that, he'd be in so much shit. Oh yeah. So Jughead Gandhi's this shit as phones are recording all over, and like it feels as though the show itself at this point understands that literally everyone has the moral high ground over Archie at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, yes, let the world see your shame, Archie. And I was like, oh, thank God. Maybe the show knows that Archie's a piece of oh, garbage. Oh, it knows. It's just been so long with so little consequence that I worry. Also, because it's Riverdale and the writing's so inconsistent, oh, sure, sure, I worry. Sure. But, yeah. but this was a good indication. It's like, no, no, no. You, they know that he is yeah, awful. It's just so terrible. Betty ministers to Jughead, and Jughead announces that he wants to run for student body president. And Betty is instantly in. Running mate, team Bughead, running for student government. Also, we're living together now. Yep, she wants to live with Jughead to stay away from Chick, and he's down with it. And, like, you fucking know that FP's not going to say no. <laughs> like, you and me, like, there's no way on earth that he'd be like, nope, I refuse. I'm Like, uh, he might he might be really, really hard to live with because of his own demons, but, like, he is not, no, he's he a is nice not an authoritarian parent. Yeah. Like, and he's the kind of person who, like, doesn't dismiss the emotional burdens of kids. Yeah. Right. And would, like, understand the situation and respect it. Yeah. Hiram was true to his word to Archie, ellipsis, or, my theory, I think Mary Andrews already kicked their asses, and it was a convenient thing to tell Archie that he was doing this because of what Archie wanted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean- she flayed them alive, legally speaking. Yeah, I mean, it didn't It didn't look like they were doing so well. Like, she seemed to have them on the ropes, just like on a cursory gloss of the literature. She was like, you guys realize that I'm going to destroy you, right? Oh, um, this contract is very illegal and entirely indefensible. Yeah. Mary turns out to be sticking around, and Fred's running for Yay! mayor. And we've got some fucking parallelism in here, you guys. It's going to be good. Because everybody's running for things. It's campaign season on Riverdale. Tony shows up looking for Cheryl, and Penelope's like, Swiss boarding school, fuck off, goodbye. (laughs) Closes the door. Mm -hmm. I love Tony being like, Mrs. Blossom, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I've read the script, and it's not tight. That doesn't hold up. Yeah, I, I I feel I feel as though Southside High is on the periphery of the Riverdale st- stupefying field, yeah. and that like people with outsider status can kind of see through some shit. Yeah, she is and like, an but Mary's bullshit. on the on the very right. far I end mean, of the spectrum for that. Most of the population of the South Side does still have to pass everything through a snake filter. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Anyway. <laughs> Of course, our worst fears are con- are confirmed, and Cheryl is at a religious torture prison for conversion therapy. Yeah, she's at the Sisters <sighs> of Quiet Mercy. Sisters of Quiet Mercy, who of course secretly do that, and boy howdy, is that a dark way to end the episode, Jeez. and or just a dark thing to include in any work of fiction, but you know, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is a show full of murder and stuff, but that shit is so real. Yeah. 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 And that's the episode. Fucking Man, downer. what- what a return to form, though. Like, this is oh. so much less boring filler oh, garbage yeah. than we've been dealing with for a while. There's so much. Mm-hmm. So, who wants to start with River Dews? Um, I, I can go. Take it away, Quinn. Thank God. Thank 
God, they're finally doing something with Jughead that doesn't suck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. Like it's good. He's bad. It's very good. And it feels very nice. Yeah. No fucking kidding. I I mean, yeah, uh, as as we mentioned several times during the recap, like he's finally arcing into someone who like I can stand. Yeah. And that's a good feeling. Cuz like hating god, like 3 of the main 4 and Betty having very little to do has made the show kind of difficult to engage with. Like I'm just I'm just getting by on little tiny breaths of air from Fred, FP and Cheryl. Yep. And like I like not having that be the case anymore. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kat? I think mine is it doesn't go to one character, but the amount of uh various characters going, "No, I saw or see through bullshit this episode." Cuz it mm. was yeah, several people. You have, yeah, yeah, that like we have we have lined up. That's mine too. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is basically Veronica and especially Archie just getting fucking called out by people in oh, this yeah. episode? It's like Ethel, Josie, and especially Mary. Just no, you're not going to get away with this shit. You're garbage. And like, yeah, for me specifically, Mary's scene where she just lays out the case that against Archie and all his shit was, was definitely was so good. That's too. it's also like we it even happens off screen, like in that satisfying little moment, that kicker with FP. Uh, we know that like that happened on the call with Hiram him being like, nope, fuck yes. you. You know, like the tone of this episode is no, we're not putting up with bullshit. Uh, all this, all this horrible refreshing. stuff that characters that were ostensibly positioned as like people that we're supposed to like or sympathize with, that's been mm. going without punishment for so long. Like finally, right? Like we're hey, acknowledging we've been it. Spinning our wheels for nine episodes. <laughs> now let's get back to the script. Yeah, and like so much of the drama in Riverdale has sort of been predicated on people just taking other people's obvious bullshit at face value for no explicable reason how long how long did we put up with that fake fbi man (laughs) (laughs) yep fuck that's something to talk about soon Um, okay river don'ts though it wasn't all sunshine and roses quinn what what, quinn what sucked (laughs) so I I had like a runner up and frankly I'm saving it for a later episode. Mm. Um okay, this is an ongoing problem that you reference vaguely. Yeah, and I'll just okay. like no, I'll say fine. right now it's the conversion therapy thing. Yeah. Because next episode it gets way worse. Yeah, yeah. And I, think I don't that's feel fair. like it's being handled well. So instead, my river don't. Uh and we really sort of touched on this during like the main discussion is veronica just sucks yeah (laughs) remember when she was good it makes us sad it makes me very sad how much she's just awful like it's not fair she sucks now it sucks so bad not good to her character and like camilla mendez is a very good actress like she she does the veronica thing very well but they're giving her garbage giving her trash yeah i couldn't agree more how about you cat i think for me this time, my river don't honestly was like that song. Oh boy, that's not a bad I choice. Didn't it was like that song. Rough. <laughs> it was tough to take. Like, I've done I've done this episode twice, and like it's. <laughs> it, it, 
That's... It goes on forever. It does. It goes on a and really like, long time uninterrupted. Sitting through it, it's just like, it, it can't be that long, right? But it goes like... on. It's a bad choice. The lyrics are shitty. It adds nothing to the episode. Nothing else really happens other than them handing out these flyers. And it's not, it doesn't feel, it's make better musical decisions, please, Riverdale. Uh, well, that's going to come up <laughs> again tuned. later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm going to complete our Veronica Lodge through yeah. line on River Don'ts. I'm, I mean, for me, it's fucking yeah. cupcake and a kiss. Don't do that. Oh, la, la, la. Fuck oh, that. That's it's horrible. Gross. We have shipped in the cupcakes from New York, but the kisses are woke we sourced. Gross. And, like, she follows this up with being, I'm the campaign of women's equality. Like, don't write that. <laughs> That's a gross mm. and I mean, thing yeah, to write. You're, I mean, your your river don't cat encompasses mine, but like mine was very focused. I hated a lot of stuff with Veronica, and I hated that the most by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I sort of put out the most general version of this complaint of just like <laughs> why. Yeah, really, we just circled down and down this spiral of Veronica badness in our river don't. Veronica bad. <laughs> Veronica bad. <laughs> The rest of this episode was pretty fine. Like, even... I agree, Quinn, that we'll get to the conversion therapy, but right now, all that's happened with it is it was introduced and we all went, oh, God, you know? Right, like, it just sort of makes you feel vaguely sick to your stomach. Yeah, but nothing has happened with it yet other than us going, this is a scary... Scary plot point, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'll i be interested for that discussion because my reaction to it as a device in the show was probably less negative than yours, Quinn, but I'll, I'll be interested in, in hearing about it. Like, Weekly Weird. We're, I feel like with the return to, like, the good stuff of Riverdale, we also have a return to, like, really excellent Weekly There's Weird so stuff happening. So I will offer, like, I will offer sort of a broad, and then I'm going to narrow in on something very specific. So I think, like, in general, a good thing, Weekly Weird for this, (laughs) is we're back to the Thistle House universe. Yeah. Like, we are are back living in that space, and very specifically, shut up, Grandma, and drink your poison. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, That's real fair. It's good. I think I'm going to have to go with Betty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Betty. Betty, Betty just. <laughs> not just. I mean, you could elaborate, just, but you don't probably Betty. strictly no, have so to. Stop the there. Specific Betty moment that, <laughs> that I'm gonna drill in on is uh, her deciding that a Zippo light is the right. Why is that? This is the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. I just think it's shit, neat. dude. Quinn, it's been too long since we've done this. Your tolerance is low. Like your resistance. Riverdale has a higher critical threat range on you right now. <laughs> I guess it does. Uh, no, it's so weird, and I love it. My weekly weird. There's gonna be a theme with at least a couple of my weekly weirds in this batch, which is. Things that the more you think about them, the more implications they have in this okay. world and, and like, uh, oh stuff boy. at the show. Looking forward to the, the next wrestling episode. team wearing their goddamn uniforms <laughs> to go cut the chains of the protesting teens. Let's think about hey, this. It's so that they can show up on social media, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like we, they want everyone to know who the fascists are. Here, when Archie, when Archie did the horny terrorist video <laughs> earlier in this very season, <laughs> football was canceled. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They Wait. just did. T- they just did terrorism in their fucking uniforms. Yep. And I'm gonna give you a little spoiler alert. Wrestling is not canceled. It makes no sense. I cannot wait. Why would you wear your uniforms and make it all recognizable? I cannot wait to talk about the black circle. <laughs> yeah. This. Yeah. <sighs> it's very confusing. You guys. That was primary colors. That and it was a gift. <laughs> it's so good to enjoy peak Riverdale. And with that, I rob she cat and he Quinn. We'll see you next time. Oh my god.